0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 136 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com.
2: On today's show, we share tips for keeping you and your horses and dogs cool this summer. In Patapedia, we discuss the preparation and introduction of puppies to their new home, In Critter Nutrition, we share tips on deciphering supplement labels. And in Coffee Clatch, we ask what magic power would you give your dog or cat? Join us!
1: chigger and i'm patty
3: and this is coach jen who is distracted by taking notes at the same time she's trying to get the show opening going (laughs) i I do my i do my best to wrangle these two ladies because twice a month we get together and and geek out on all sorts of healthy critter things and all sorts of critters including, including humans and apparently today's episode I get the quiz instead of the other way around. Usually I get to quiz yeah, Tigger and true. Patty and apparently I'm the target this time. Eh? Uh-huh.
2: it's high time.
3: <laughs> and what am I being quizzed about?
2: You, well, we want to find out about you and Glenn's fantastic adventures. RV <gasps> Oh,
3: okay. Um, I will give, I will do a brief, brief backstory. In August okay. of this year, if you're listening in 2025, it's long since passed. In August of 2021, Glenn got this hare-brained idea that we need to take the Horse Radio Network on the road. So we are packing ourselves into our 22-foot-long travel trailer and hitting the road for five weeks. And The whole point of the thing is just to go out and visit listeners all over the East Coast. We're staying east of the Mississippi and visit their farms, get to know them, get to meet them, go play pony things with them and all that sort of stuff. So that's what we're going to be doing. I think there's like about 20 different stops or something. It's crazy. Wow. Um, And this past week. Wow. Yeah. This past week was our test trip. We went out for eight days. We just a little short trip. We went up to... Aiken, and then Southern Pines, and then back down and visited some folks along the way to test all of our systems, because there's a lot going on. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, How'd it go? Well, for the most part, <laughs> the, we, the travel trailer only fell apart a little bit, and Ooh. anybody who owns an RV knows what yep. I mean. Which part fell apart? We We only lost some... Uh, molding on the cabinetry fell off, ah. and the refrigerator flew open. So we had to clean up an aisle seven, and everything in the refrigerator went bad. So we were eating canned goods. <laughs> yes, um, it had never fu- it, that had never happened before. The refrigerator was had always been fine, but this was the first time we ever took it out on I ninety five. The
2: are you going to need to bungee cord it?
3: <laughs> we velcroed it for the way home ha uh-huh. we got some, okay. we got ourselves some Terrible. sticky velcro. That's right. so the the RV performed admirably for an RV. and okay. um, aside from the learning curve of in a 22 foot long RV and two people who are both living, sleeping, eating, and working out of it, um, your life is a constant state of rearranging. Everything <laughs> you do requires three steps before you get to that step. You know, you can't stand up and go to the bathroom without first asking the person sitting next to you to move their foot because it's in the way of the table you're using. And then you move the table out of the way and then you unplug the cord because it's in the way to get to the bathroom. It's just, oh, God. It's just constant. And that that was a little hard to get used to because you want to do things like that fast. You stand up and walk. That's something you do without any right. thought. You have to be very, very slow and very, very deliberate about everything maybe that's why really really old people like RV's oh send your hate mail to Jennifer at Horse <laughs> Um that was really hard, but it, it, we got used to it. That wasn't a big issue, but it was like, oh, that's a learning curve. So that was interesting. Um, the really really <laughs> big surprise of the trip because Glenn planned the trip and anybody knows who who knows Glenn, Glenn likes to plan things to maximize our time. Everything takes three times longer than you think it should.
0: Mm -hmm. Really?
3: Yes. uh, Just, well, we're there to to meet our listeners and enjoy their company and they get to show us around and, you know, that's all about that. So you can't just, you can't say, oh, we only have 45 minutes to do this. That doesn't cut it. Right. (laughs) And we also discovered that we can indeed do a podcast from the parking lot of Dick's Sporting Goods. Wow. Because, would, in, yeah, in, that was my next question. in Southern right? Pines, we could get no cell service, no internet, no nothing. So we had to drive into town and we parked at Dick's Sporting Goods where we could get a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> and glad did so the show fun. from there. Uh, that is right. And that was that was kind of interesting. And I, it was funny because he was sitting in the black pickup truck and he parked out on the outer edges of the Dick Sporting Goods parking lot, which is right along a major four lane road. He parked facing out towards the four-lane road. And I was just imagining what the commuters driving past that black pickup truck <laughs> with a bearded man in two computers and headphones and a microphone was doing there for an hour and a half. Yeah. What's going on there? It's like, are they filming an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we did that. And then we did, we did do one show from... The RV. so that technology worked really well. Uh, we were very pleased with that It was the first time we tested it. But before we got to that part, we'd had to have two significant meltdowns because both of our computers decided that after updates they needed to set their settings back to factory settings, which caused them oh. to not work. Um, so that oh, wow. that was we lost an entire day and a half of computer oh. use trying to get that stuff well, all reset. So that was kind of the meltdown moment. Gosh, that was the, that was definitely the meltdown moment when the computer said, um, I'm sorry, but we can't process sound files anymore. I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> How come can um, we bribe you with something that right? It's like, can I give you a cookie? Um, should we yeah. do a little join up? uh, what are we going to do here? But we did finally get it worked out. We figured out exactly which of the settings had reverted because it was a global problem. It wasn't a a particular program. We figured out what setting it was and Glenn got his running and took another 24 hours to get mine running, but we got them back up and going. Uh, So that was the really big surprise. So at the end of eight days, we looked, Glenn looked at me very seriously. Well, are we going to do this? (laughs) I um, I almost think he, I think in, maybe in some tiny part of his soul, he was, he was hoping, hoping I would say would no. Say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. But nope, we're doing it. <laughs> uh, <boy. laughs> yeah. So well, yeah, there we go. You'll have more tales to tell. More tales to tell. That's right. So uh, if we get near to your neck of the woods, you have to come out and have coffee with us.
2: Well, I'm going to be in oh. your neck of the woods. When are you
3: coming down to Ocala, Florida? Sometime this weekend. Oh, we must get together for coffee or tea or cocoa yes, or something. Absolutely. That sounds like good fun. Woohoo! <laughs> and fun. Spe- Speaking of fun. Speaking of fun. <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. It's time for the round table. And what is our topic for today? It's 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 the tips for keeping
2: us and our horses and dogs cool.
3: You know, you can never you can never have enough Perfect. tips for
2: that. You can never. No. And they're always new, interesting things. I'm actually gonna tell you about a blooper. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, okay, well, you know, some things work and some things don't. So let's get to it. Welcome to Healthy Critters Round Table. And our discussion today is tips for keeping you, your horses and dogs, cool this summer. And I'm mm-hmm. going to start out with a product that I bought that was a Bogart.
0: <laughs> I thought it
2: was such a cool idea. I, unfortunately, oh, do- I got sucked okay. in by an ad on Facebook. Um, lesson to self, don't get sucked in to an ad on Facebook. That described mm-hmm. this unit that um, keeps your bed cool. Because I sleep hot and and it you plug it in and it has a a port, if you will, that at the foot of your bed, not on it, but under it, that blows the cool air on your sheets. So it took like, I don't know, seven or eight weeks. I ordered this a long time ago. (laughs) preparing for the hot weather it arrives it is a piece of junk (laughs) but I thought okay (laughs) I it looks like somebody made it in their garage oh no and so I plugged it in and turned it on and it was like a blast furnace of air like you're lying in bed (laughs) And it's like having a hurricane come through your sheets. (laughs) Oh
1: no. And
2: there's there was no setting. There was no you couldn't turn it down. It was only this one blast you out of the bed setting. And to make it worse, there was no invoice. There were no directions. (laughs) There was no return label.
3: Nada. Oh my god.
2: So um, I very nicely packed it up and uh, gave it to Goodwill. <laughs> I, I don't, maybe somebody will find a unique use for that. Um, oh but that God. was, that was the Bogart cooling device. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
3: Not as advertised.
2: Uh, no. However, yeah, not as ad- I, I have discovered for the dogs, even though they have troughs, a pond and uh, several creeks, the wonders of a kiddie pool.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
2: they can go right out the backyard and splash around, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. Why didn't I think of this before? I let them get in the water troughs, but this is way more, more fun.
3: Well, and it's it's so doggy friendly. You know, the height—what yes. six inches it, high it, or something it, like that.
2: Yeah, that, and it's a little bit. You know, there's a little bit more. You can get two Aussies in there rather than the the water troughs. Only fits one, and it's it's way cleaner than the pond. So,
3: oh, they're not as smelly. Yeah, that makes sense. No,
2: no, no. It's definitely not as smelly. And I've also found that if they do go to the pond, and then they want to come in the house, putting them in the kiddie pool is
3: perfect. Rinse all, rinse the pond off. Is that what you're saying?
2: Um, and I've also found with double-coated dogs that even though I have central air conditioning, on really hot days, if, and I have ceiling fans, having a floor fan mm-hmm. really helps them. Yep. I mean, they're noisy and all- they're a pain. but You're taking off um,
1: ideas. <laughs> <'Cause it's staring laughs> bad, oh, yeah. So I'm just gonna when you say something. Yes, I didn't do the um, freeze my hurricane bedsheet thing though. <laughs> <laughs> that that was
2: all you. Just you. Just you. Yeah, I know. I know. So so you have a kiddie pool.
1: Yeah. It, um, yeah. Kiddie pools. Um, I don't have one currently because it literally was not hot until like today or yesterday. But done those in the past because um, they're just so easy to pick up and dump. You know what I mean? They're they're not real yes. hard to clean out because I like to keep them, you know, clean. Um, but, yeah, I've done that. Definitely, definitely, especially for Burke, have to have a fan on the floor because he sits in front of it. He That's, like, his yeah. thing. He loves that. And the other thing I was thinking, too, is um, for dogs is that, you know, having access to concrete. I don't know about your Aussies, but for sure, Burke has Always not like being in the direct sun. I mean, obviously, he's black as, as and you know, and has a double coat, but he just he likes to find shade. So, if he has um, some concrete to lay on, he loves that. Um, yes, yeah. And um, but and I just and it's so funny because like, I used to um, my little dog Gavin used to jump in the water troughs. I don't know if you remember that <laughs> at Humber, he would jump and I'd be coming back for a ride, and a couple times he. Not because he was a tiny little thing, so I was like, "Oh, we've got to figure out something different for that." So that's why that's when I got into the the, the kitty pool idea. But um, but water troughs are a great idea, except they do get the dogs, the dogs get the the yeah. water a little bit dirty. So yeah,
2: Now um, you know there are specific foods that y- you can use on horses and dogs um, that are hmm. cooling foods and humans. So, for I instance, get- if you want. If you yourself want to be cool or cool your animals down, don't use a sour apple.
3: Really? Would not have thought of that. It's
2: heating. Hmm. So sweet apples, applesauce, uh, sweet berries, coconut. You know, that Uh may explain why coconut, um, when we make, you know, in the little freezer um, trays, you can put coconut oil and, and, peanut butter and freeze it for a cool treat. Um, so coconut is is cooling. Um, mangoes that are ripe are cooling. Melons, oranges, papaya, pomegranates, strawberries, and watermelon. Don't give watermelon to a metabolic horse, though. Um,
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah. So for the dogs, veggies that are cooling that they'll eat, broccoli. Um, oh. Okay. Cooked carrots. Raw carrots are warming.
3: Really? Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, celery for horses or dogs. Cucumber. Um, my horses like refrigerated cucumber. Don't ask me why. Um, dandelion greens, kale, um, pumpkin. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so those are those are good cooling foods, and. Interesting on the on the human side, salted butter is warming. Unsalted butter is cooling. Hard cheese is warming. Hmm. Frozen yogurt is warming. Huh. Sour cream is warming. Interesting. But cooling is soft, unsalted, not aged cheese.
3: Like like cottage cheese, cow's milk. Like cream
2: cheese? Yep. Hmm. Exactly. Goat's milk, goat's cheese, ice cream.
3: Hmm. So I wonder why um, ice cream is cooling, yeah. but frozen yogurt is not.
2: Because it's milk.
3: I know. Hmm. Interesting.
2: I think it has to do with the fermentation of the yogurt.
3: Oh. Ah.
2: That's going to be heating. Hmm. And for the dogs... um, the cooling foods are buffalo, white meat, chicken, freshwater fish, rabbit, and turkey and venison.
1: Wow. Okay. That's so interesting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Sorry. I was- Thanks to the um, the seers of Ayurvedic medicine because they see everything as warming, cooling, neutral.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So I I have one that I just discovered this year thanks to a an old friend who posted has pet bunny rabbits in her house and she posted this on her Aww. Facebook page. She has two pet bunnies, Mr. Fuzzlebottom. And I don't remember his new friend's oh, name, adorable. but Mr. Fuzzlebottom is her first bunny. Get the the little sheets of tiles that you get because the tile is teeny tiny pieces and it comes on this like mesh sheet so it's easy to put on a wall and you can get marble ones when you get one of those and you put it in the freezer so it's nice and cold and then you Mm -hmm. can put it on the floor for your furry house pets to lie on and stay cool especially handy if you have carpeted floors because you know you can't really stretch out and cool off on a carpeted floor yes or like we do we live in a house that does not have a foundation it's up off the ground so the floor doesn't stay cool really very much when the weather gets really hot so then you can just set mm-hmm. that on the floor in one of their favorite places to lie down and you set that down and they'll stretch out in their little tummies and cool off
2: the one th- animal that i can't see doing that is a cat
3: you know i did i have had cats that will do that really yes that will stretch out and get cool on off. a cold
2: no, yep. I'm talking about lying on something that has been in the freezer.
3: Well, I don't know about freezer because I just <laughs> discovered this. I never knew about it. But I, I definitely have had cats over the years that would find a cool spot and stretch out on it. Yeah.
2: Well, in mine, I was made a beeline for anything that was a chair, a couch. <laughs> well, a windowsill.
3: <laughs> there you go. What else yeah. did I have? Um, oh, and something else that I've recently discovered. It may be more appropriate for horses than dog cat dogs and cats i don't know if you want to add a little bit of shade to your horse trailer either for the doorway of your living quarters or your tack room or even where your horse hangs out um but something a little bit sturdier and less of a pain in the neck than an awning because awnings are only useful when there's zero air movement yeah they make these things called a half umbrella you know the kind of umbrella you get that you put on your back deck and you know that kind well they make them like it's exactly the same thing and it's not made to keep rain out it's mesh it's made to keep sun out but it's only a half an umbrella so you can take the umbrella pole and you attach it to the side of your horse trailer and you wind it up and it gives you just a little bit of shade oh that's so cool it's so cool yeah that that idea is thank you very much to uh horse trailer conversions facebook page (laughs) so oh, i'm gonna try that? i'm gonna try that on my horse trailer because i would like a little bit of shade ingenious yes people think of these things so those are those are my uh, those are my my ideas and i want to know if saltine crackers are warming or cooling mm. because i just ate a whole what bunch of them
2: kind of flour are saltine crackers
3: and um, i can tell you your basic boring wheat flour
1: Like regular
3: wheat, right? Yeah, just regular old boring wheat flour. That's the same, it's the same saltine cracker that your great grandma ate. Cooling. It's going to be cooling. Yay! Because I just ate a whole bunch of them with my dinner. Mm.
2: (laughs) You know what is interesting is that soy, as in tofu and tempeh, tempeh is Mm -hmm. cooling. But soy, other than that, other forms of soy are heating. So when you think of Mm. how much soy, Is in horse feed.
3: Hmm. Although you can, you can, that, I noticed that now, um, scooters, scooter, our hackney pony, his horse feed, we get it at Chewy because the manufacturer does not have a national distribution chain yet at regular feed stores. So we get it through Chewy and you can actually bring up the horse feed tab on Chewy. And one of the filters is soy, wheat, and gluten free (laughs) for horse feed.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah, really. That's kind of cool, which his is. That's uh, great. Circumstantially, but yeah, I thought that was very interesting that, that that idea of limiting certain ingredients in your animal's diet has filtered into the, the horse feed business, too.
2: Well, so many horses are allergic to soy. Did not know that. I mean, it's that. unbelievable. Yeah. Yes.
3: Huh. Well, there you go.
2: Big, big allergent.
3: Did not know that. What does a horse who's allergic yeah. to soy display? How do we know?
2: You have to get them tested.
3: Uh-huh. And how does one test for that?
2: Um, there are several labs that do it. It's blood.
3: It's a blood test? Oh, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and you, you know, your vet comes out, draws blood, sends it off to the allergy lab, and you get a report um, back on what the horse tested high on.
3: Hmm. Some That would be interesting to talk to somebody who understands how those tests work. I'm curious about how all that works. That's kind of interesting. Huh, there you go. Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah. I, I really recommend once you change the diet and you reduce, you know, the allergens in the horse's diet and environment, and then you retest in so yeah, you know, six nailed. or nine months. Yeah. And a lot of times there's a change, not that it goes away, um, but that it's so much re- more reduced yeah. the reaction.
3: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And speaking of heating and cooling, I think it's time to call Hedwig the world's only podcasting Pomeranian.
2: The only the, <laughs> the world's only podcasting Pomeranian who is both heating and cooling. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah. Hello. Heddy! Hi, Hedy. Hello, my friend.
3: You sound hello, pensive, hello. Hedwig. Oh,
1: so subdued. My
2: human
4: has to go back to jury duty. Oh. Go back? When did she start? She started yesterday and was sent home, but now they're making her go back.
2: Oh, Hetty. So you have no and That
4: means I'm in. alone all day. Oh, that's terrible. Poor Hedwig. And I'll be bored. All I, day.
1: I but I
2: think you can find stuff with your monkey paws.
4: Yeah. No, I'm gonna be too depressed.
3: Oh I
4: well, mean we, the prospect of her deciding the fate of someone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were hoping you could share some tips with our listeners um, on how to stay cool in the summer?
4: Well, the first rule is just not to go anywhere near a horse show because that is guaranteed to make you not cool. Even (laughs) if it is a nice, beautiful day everywhere else at the horse show, it will be an inferno. I was wondering what kind of cool
3: you meant, Hedwig.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Well, (sighs) as a rule, I don't attend horse shows anymore. Ah, but you know, I mean, so that's my first piece of advice. Just go nowhere near a horse show. My second piece of advice would be to stay in a place where there is a fan available to waft your fur. Yes. Because it's nice to just be in front of a fan and have your frogs wafting about. (laughs) Yes, it is. A third thing is to demand that your servant have ice cream available for you at all times.
0: All times. So if you're
4: feeling a little overheated, Uh, you know, you're maybe not feeling great. Ice cream can really get you right out of that hole. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Worked for me just the other day.
2: (laughs) Mm. Okay. Duly noted.
4: And, um, you know, it's always really nice, in my opinion, to have ice cubes in your water bowl because it keeps the temperature of the water a little bit lower. And then if you wanted to take an ice cube out and chew on it, you could. Ah,
2: Uh that's good thinking. Well, that's a really good tip.
4: I really like those ice cubes. And then there are um, some people I know, or some, some dogs request us a, a pool, like a wading pool or whatever. I myself do not get into that sort of thing, but I, I'm sure for some it is very pleasant.
2: Yeah, we know how you feel about water.
4: <laughs> My grandfather, he lives on a lake, and his dog spends much of the time lying in the lake like a submerged monster. <laughs>
2: And that would be a Labrador.
4: Yes, we don't like to talk about it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. So just encourage it. I mean, you know. And any other
2: tips for cooling?
4: Mm, Air conditioning.
2: Yes, of course. And how (laughs) about what does your human do anything special to cool
4: down? Sometimes she just puts her head under the faucet and screams.
2: That works. When
4: she's really hot, yeah, she just puts the water on really cold and puts her head and neck under it and then screams like a banshee because it makes (laughs) her feel like she's going to pass right out. (laughs) And then she's surface is spluttering and twitchering. And I'm so amused by the whole thing.
2: Oh, of course you are. (laughs) So funny. Well, I hope you survive tomorrow with your um, servant on jury duty.
4: Mm -hmm. And really, imagine a country in which she is considered a viable option for determining the fate of another.
2: Well, that's true. That is an alternate universe. They should have picked you, Hetty.
4: Well, (laughs) you'll be pleased to hear that my other human suggested that she just say she couldn't make decisions without consulting with her Pomeranian when asked (laughs) by the judge.
1: So we're at the Tigger part of the show, and I thought it would be a great idea to talk to Tigger about how she prepared her puppies for their new homes. And some of them traveled in a car, some of them traveled on a plane. Um, And um, I was actually uh, been, was very fortunate to be the receiver of one of the puppies for one of my clients. So I just thought it would be, and, and, and then of course, another one of our, our friends. And it just, um, there were so many great tips that um, I feel like everybody had going into this, which I thought would be a great discussion. So, Tigger, yes, I'd like to talk to you about your, your puppies. Um, <laughs> my puppies, your puppies. Um, so my experience, um, with my end was, um, because you didn't have any others that flew, did you? Was Feisty the only one that, flew? yeah, yeah flew the was plane. the only one that, flew. Flew. yeah, okay. So, I mean, a, a lot of the listeners, I'm sure, have uh, purchased, uh, puppies before. And, you know, in times past, I mean, years and years ago, I actually had a couple uh, puppies that were actually flown to me and I was very fortunate to always have a very good experience. However, sometimes it's not always a great experience if they're not prepared well. So Tigger, the puppies were all about 10 weeks old, right? When they left. Yes. Okay. Cause they all pretty much went within that first, that. Week, yes. That week. Yeah.
2: Yep. yep
1: which at first I'm just going to say, if anybody is not friends with Tigger on Facebook and didn't get to see some of these puppies, that would have been a hardest thing in the world for me. Um, so, okay. So Tigger in preparation for um, let's just start from the beginning. Um, so you have these puppies. One of the things that you said to me that I thought was so interesting and so smart is that you had spent time with each one of the puppies away from the pack. Yeah. A little bit before, yeah. which was so smart if you think about it. Right. And so you're and so to tell the listeners what your what your reasoning was behind that.
2: Well, first, it was to focus on some basic training skills, which you can't do with six right. puppies. It's not possible. Right. So it would be one at a time. They would learn not to be land sharks um, mm-hmm. by learning when my fist was closed with a treat in it. They had to step away. They either had to move their head back or something to acknowledge that they weren't going to try to take it out of my hand. And then I would open my hand as a reward, and then they would get it. Uh, We started with with really basic stuff like that. Look, I wanted them all to be able to look me in the eye. Um, Mm -hmm. Basic training on a leash. I use a slip lead. Some of the puppies were like, feisty, had a complete and utter drama queen meltdown Um, when I asked her to actually move forward. She was like, no, I'm not. And she flipped around and then, you know, oh, it was so I just started laughing at her because it was just so typical of her personality. Mm -hmm. So from the time they were about two weeks old, from the time they were born, they were all handled every single day. Every single day. And at about two weeks, I started doing their nails. And so, really, by the time they were, you know, eight weeks doing their nails, they were so used to it. Feisty would just would lie-, lie on her back while I did her nails. You know, she was like the, the queen. Yes, here's my paw. Get it done. Um, she could and have been a Pomeranian. Pa- <laughs> oh, that- so they, they had a lot of... Um, I want to say, not only just basic skill training, but I introduced them to hair dryers, dropping a pot on the floor, vacuum cleaners, you know, lots of different sounds. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason that I was inspired to do this was I'm on several Australian Shepherd Facebook groups, and I can't tell you the amount of postings of people writing about their dog, their puppy biting them, and their reaction to sound. Mm-hmm. And I wanted my puppies to be, you know, prepared in the world. Right. And the other well, thing we did with them twice a day, starting at about eight weeks, is in the morning, I would take the puppies with their mother and their uncle, Keen, and we would take a walk outside the, the dog paddock. And they would just follow me, Right. And the the adult mm-hmm. dogs would kind of heard them a little bit. And, you know, they got to investigate things and slip through a horse fence and smell that grass and then slip back through and follow us. And then Peter would do it in the evening. So they got exercise in a different way. And mm-hmm. it was great to be able to watch each individual puppy, how they reacted to new things like mud or a dirt or a flower or a butterfly or a chicken. Um, and I think, you know, being outside the the safety of the dog paddock is very, um, gives them confidence, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, and they need that because one of the big things when a puppy leaves, and I'm going to specifically focus on feisty because we know for a fact that feisty, um, was it, it the most adorable? Well, they're all adorable. I, I'm telling you, I'm so glad I didn't meet them when they were available. Um, <laughs> he um, had to get on a plane. And so um, Tigger, you started preparing her for that because one of the things that you want to make sure is that obviously listening to what Tigger's saying, these puppies have to be somewhat prepared for things that we think are, you know, if you're not a dog person or you haven't done this a thousand times like Tigger and I have, you want to think of things to prepare your puppy. So obviously this sounds, but the big thing is is teaching them how to be in a crate because when you fly, they have to be in a crate. And so, um, how, how did you present that? And did you do it with all of them or just specifically feisty?
2: I did it with everybody.
1: And how did you do it? This is
2: so unscientific. I, I don't find crate trading to be a, a, a challenge. I just, mm-hmm. I just never have. I'd never make it a big deal. I literally put one or two puppies in a crate, put them in my car, drive them around, bring them back. Mm-hmm. That's the first step. Okay. First, they have to get used to a car and being in a crate, right? And then they take longer trips, like to my office, and then to the vet to get their shots, and um, and I've never. Oh, knock on wood. I mean, I'm sure there's a puppy down the road that's going to say, eh, "No, I don't want to be in the crate." But I, I think if you don't make it such a, a drama, they're fine being in a crate, and they're fine mm-hmm. being out of the crate.
1: Well, one of the things that I always do, and I'm not sure if you do this, but I always, because um, I, I like I crate my dogs for several reasons, um, not all of them, but um, I mean, I still crate catch because he's still very much a puppy at two years old and it's just so funny how um I don't know that little edging of wood sometimes ends up in his mouth <laughs> you know on windowsills or whatever so I put him in the crate but I always give them a treat so they go in there and I will often I, I always leave the crates open and I will often find them in there in there throughout the day which is which is wonderful you know they yes. they're alone. But the other important thing that you said is that what a lot of people don't understand, too, is that, you know, some puppies get car sick. And so putting yep. it in the car. So that's talk about getting I mean, boy, getting a well-bred puppy with a whole bunch of other things. I mean, um, so um, and it, so, again, this one puppy that we received uh, ended up flying in. Uh, may they, I say uh, she flew
2: first class because I was, I by sure. the time yeah. she was a, was going to leave, I was afraid she wasn't going to fit under the seat for economy. And that was my big worry. And I had flown a puppy first class to get it out of the hurricane. Wookie. And I had gotten a first class seat and I was so grateful because it fit. And they're also like, they treat you like a queen. Um, So I figured we would have less issues if the puppy flew first
1: class. Honest and truly, she did did incredibly well. I mean, she was, um, she was just a little, you know, she was definitely stressed because she, you know, her, 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 uh, person picking her up was my daughter, who's a big time Aussie lover. And, um, she was able to sit her in front of her and never even had to zip up the bag. So that was such great advice. And I'm not suggesting to our listeners that you have to fly a puppy back first class, but you do need to make sure. And this is another thing that you were awesome about, Tigger, is making sure you knew the size of her, how tall she was, what yeah. type of crate, you know, and then going, "Hey, we got a problem. We have had a, you know, a little bit of a uh, growth spurt here, and um, ended up getting a bigger travel yeah. crate." Correct?
2: Yes. Okay. Well, and may um, I highly recommend the it? Sherpa travel crate? They are the greatest sure. travel crates for airlines with a puppy or a very small yeah, and dog. And they're, they're just soft and
1: they have flow. So what really prompted me with all this, because I mean, she just was so well adjusted and definitely, you know, she was a little stressed when we were getting her from the airport. But as soon as we got in the car and I wish I could have filmed this because I was driving, you know, Tigger, Tigger has a way, um, of calling her, her dogs and her puppies. And when we got in the car, we called Tigger or Tigger called us to check in and this was the cutest thing I think I've ever seen. It was, it was, a, it was just the door. Cause she was definitely sort of like sucking her flus in and still like drooling a little bit. She drank water, like a good girl, um, all of those things. But then, um, Tigger just said, "Poppy, poppy, puppy. And she perked right up. And the minute that happened, everything started to change. Like she was a little bit like, oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to be okay. I, I hear her, but I don't know where she was. It was the most darling, darling, darling thing darling thing. so, you know, I, um, half off to you Tigger and anybody that's ever getting a puppy. These are reasonable, um, things to ask. Um, always make sure don't ever expect that you can just put them in a crate or put them in a car or any of those things, but having two dear friends get Tigger's puppies, they have both been incredibly pleased because Tigger did a lot of work going into it. To make sure they would adjust, and I think they did. I don't know how all the other puppies did, but the two that everybody I know everybody is great.
2: adjusting unbelievably. In fact, Teddy, um, the little black mm-hmm. uh, by boy, has already gone to, to Upperville Horse Show. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! Oh yeah, she is. She's already housebroken. They she got house trained in a week. Um, I believe they were fifty percent believe- house trained. Before they left, the girls are more can be more difficult than the boys. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, but they were fifty percent there. They knew that pooping was outside. They didn't always have control of their bladders, um, but yeah. Teddy Teddy got it in a week and um, has been accident free. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and Feisty is has learned sit down and roll over.
0: Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is
2: amazing because she's only now almost 12 weeks um, right and they're all walking on leads and meeting other dogs they've they've you know no problems i mean even even wicket who had to learn to deal with two cats which i don't Mm -hmm. have cats so i wasn't sure how that was gonna go um but He's the cat's whacked him, and he went, "Oh, okie dokey." That's like a big dog yeah. whacking me. I get it. <laughs> yep,
1: Okie dokey, not going to do
3: that. <laughs> yeah, the, the key, yeah. The key, the key run. to to uh, dogs and cats getting along is the the first cat interaction needs to be with a cat who knows who's boss. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. That's key. So really, not a cat both, that runs.
3: No, not bad news.
1: World. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this was it was such a great experience for the two people that I knew. I know everybody else had a great experience, but um, it's just always, I think, a great idea for um, listeners or anybody who's thinking about getting a dog, whether it's one from a breeder or from a pound, never expect that um, they understand everything. So taking your time and showing it to them makes it so much more simple. And of course, Tigger, you went the extra mile. I don't know how many people end up getting their puppies that already know how to sit. So... Um, anyway. And not be land sharks. That's a big thing
2: for me because Australian shepherds, when they're teething they're herders, they have a tendency to, I walked out one morning, this is when they were really young. They were about six weeks and I'm in my bathrobe, right? And I'm letting the puppies out and they jump on. I had six puppies hanging (laughs) onto my bathrobe. I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I am not Cruella DeVille. Uh, this, okay, we are breaking them of this right now. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I can't stand that. And it's and, and if you have little kids and stuff, you do not need a dog yeah. that's decided to teet on your skin.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But it was there. Yeah. It was just the right yeah. height and everything. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: You were it was like it. you were taunting them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cruella. Well. Corolla to tigger.
2: And now we're at Critter Nutrition and the topic is tips on deciphering supplement labels. It's very difficult to ascertain quality by reading a label. This is due in part to labeling laws which benefit companies, not consumers. For example, chicken feathers, known as feather meal, can be used in dog food and labeled as hydrolyzed chicken protein. Nor can a consumer ascertain by reading a label the source of the ingredients, the country of origin of each ingredient, how an ingredient is grown, harvested, processed. Was it made in a laboratory? Is it a man-made replica of what we find in nature? The Rishi conundrum, a study in Nature 2017 evaluated quality consistency of reishi mushrooms in dietary supplements in the U.S. 19 dietary supplements containing reishi were tested to ascertain triterpenes, polysaccharides, including the beta-glucans, because these are the active components of reishi mushrooms. Only five of the 19 dietary supplements were found to be authentic, with triterpenines and polysaccharide and beta-glucan content. One of the reasons so many Reishi supplements failed the quantitative analysis is that American mushroom companies tend to grow Reishi on starch biomass, such as rice, in a laboratory. The end result is a powder made of mycelium and grain, which results in low to non-present beta-glucans. The traditional Chinese method of cultivating reishi and other mushrooms is on logs of wood outdoors. This is a method still employed by premium Chinese mushroom growers today. It is very difficult for consumers to ascertain quality of medicinal mushrooms by reading a product label. The consumer conundrum. Many identically labeled ingredients are difficult to differentiate between one product and another simply based on what the label says. Price is not always a barometer of quality. There are supplement companies that charge premium prices for products with ingredients that are not of a substantiated higher caliber. I can say this with absolute certainty. There are enormous differences in specialty raw materials, nutraceuticals, medicinal mushrooms, plant and food extracts, and whole food ingredients. Fruit powders explained. Various fruit powders like pomegranate, orange, mango, and blueberry are some of the fruits Biostar uses. These fruits can be processed by drum drying, which includes maltodextrin, a highly processed starch rated high in the glycemic index, meaning it can cause a spike in blood sugar. Biostar avoids maltodextrin and ingredients made with it. The other common form of processing fruits into fruit powder is freeze-drying, which doesn't require maltodextrin or any additive. The process takes frozen fruit placed in a refrigerated vacuum system and dehydrated. The cell structure of the fruit remains intact, and the end result is that the freeze-dried fruit powder retains the color, flavor, and nutritional value of the fruit. This is the process that Biostar's fruit powders undergo. Companies are not required to list an ingredient as drum-dried or even freeze-dried. Patented ingredients and patented extracts. Patented ingredients and patented extracts are more costly raw materials than simply a plant powder or common nutraceutical like quercetin glycoside. That is because the patented ingredients and patented extracts have gone through the scientific process. Research testing, and studies on animals and humans, all of which takes time, as in years, and is expensive. In many cases, the patented ingredients and extracts demonstrate higher bioavailability and efficacy, which provides better results and, in some cases, faster results. These patented ingredients are manufactured under strict quality control, proven stability, and safety. It is not uncommon for supplement companies using generic ingredients to refer to studies that have been done on patented material. This is known as borrowed science. Patented supplement ingredients must adhere to the level and dose at which the research has found them effective. Patented ingredients and patented extracts are backed by science, ensuring potency, purity and safety. For the consumer, patented ingredients provide peace of mind and quality and efficacy. Proprietary ingredients compared with patented. Sometimes companies will list an ingredient or group of ingredients as proprietary. This is not the same as patented. Proprietary, as it is used in supplements, means the company does not want to reveal the precise amounts of each ingredient in the proprietary blend for fear of another company. Copying or duplicating the formula. I know many consumers are frustrated with ingredients labeled proprietary as it does not add to transparency. And if a horse is on another product with some of the same ingredients, the consumer is left wondering if she or he is overdoing the dosage. There are other quality factors. How a product is produced, as in good manufacturing practices, including FDA-inspected facilities, also are a measurement of quality as it relates to product safety. No one wants to give a contaminated supplement to their horses or dogs. Members of the National Animal Supplement Council, known as the NASC, is another marker of a supplement company following rigorous manufacturing and labeling practices. Companies that are USDA certified organic or certified non-GMO have also undergone vigorous on-site testing as well as continuing documentation. From farm to table literally means traceability of ingredients from the farmer to your horse's feed bucket and every stop along the way. As a consumer myself, it frustrates me no end when I go to websites for supplements or feed and I have to dive down various other links to eventually find the ingredient listings. Some companies are wonderfully transparent, so it's easy to find ingredients. Some supplement companies don't list the ingredients at all. Instead, they put a buy here button. The only supplement company in the equine and canine industry that is country of origin on our web pages is Biostar. This, to me, is a sad commentary. If the equine and canine supplement industry is going to stand up for quality, we need to stand up for transparency too.
0: Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended.
2: And we're at Coffee Clutch and... The burning question of the show is, <laughs> if you could give your dog or cat one magic power, what would it be?
3: Ooh, it, Ooh. This is a magic power we're going to give them. Hmm. Yes.
1: Well, I, if I may, I would like to start because as we were, um, as I was reading this, and this is what we had to do for the day. Of course, I have so many animals to constantly pick from. I was witnessing Hoopa my rag doll cat smack everybody because she wants to be on the, the bed with me and, um, she gets so mad. she's gets so, so mad. And so I, she wants, I really think she wants to be invisible so that, um, no one ever touches her <laughs> so that she can just, you know, never have to be around anybody and just never have to have them touch her and then just appear when it's time to eat. Like the Cheshire cat. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That would be an awesome magical power. I think so. I think it would be perfect for her. I really do. I actually think Burke wouldn't mind being visible either at times, just because sometimes if there's flies in the room and you have to try to kill them, he just just goes in the corner. I have no idea why. I mean, I didn't do enough pot dropping or not pot pots and pans. That sounded weird. Pots or pans dropping when he was a younger puppy, because he doesn't like it. It's really nothing other than, fly swatting which is kind of funny but um he also sometimes would like to be invisible
2: ah well (laughs) keen would like to be a shapeshifter
3: ah and what shape would he like to shift to
2: well depending on what he's hunting oh oh
0: okay
3: and
2: Mm -hmm. crockett would like to have the patronus charm
1: <laughs> ah.
3: He, so he finds he could, himself in mortal danger on a regular basis? No, because he feels
2: his job is to protect.
3: Ah, he uh, must protect everyone, all yes, the things. The farm, I everything. see
2: things. So he would like the Patronus charm to be able to mm-hmm. Yeah, blast away the coyotes and neighborhood dogs and anything else that he feels is a threat to his kingdom.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. That makes sense. Jennifer? This is a tough one. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give Nigel a magic power since I do not currently have a puppy or a dog. We and can I'm, change that. We can change that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you can. <laughs> um the the OTD. Let me
1: find one now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, the other, oh, earlier in the week somebody posted, we have a whippet looking for a home. Oh. She's really wonderful. No, don't press the button. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: it would way. be a better choice than a greyhound.
3: Well, whippets are smaller. Yeah, and this was a grown-up, you know, adjusted adult and things like that. But I didn't press the button. I didn't. Nigel would like to be a, I, I want Nigel to be a mind reader. <laughs> oh. And it's a very specific skill set. He needs to be able to read the mind of miniature horses.
2: Is he afraid of that? That way,
3: he will know for certain that they are not contemplating murdering him. That is not what they're thinking about when they're standing there at the fence. They're just standing at the fence looking for a carrot. They're not there to kill you, Nigel. They're just not.
1: Yeah. Well, Uh they're scary little things, though. They are terrifying. I
2: would think the mind reading would also help when you're riding him.
3: Well, that takes a little of the fun out of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see if, if minis would just run away from nigel he would be fine but minis are famous for being very curious like oh what's going on over here and they run up to the fence yeah. which you know of course causes a meltdown he he thinks cattle are awesome because if you uh, if you get near a cow the cow runs away from you so that's all thumbs up but not minis mm. no 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 and they're, not, they're not yeah he he met a new mini recently and The new mini is a stallion and the new mini is mostly blind. So he really isn't exactly sure where Nigel is. So he runs up to the fence and he runs back and forth and he gets all puffed up and Nigel's going, Oh my
0: god, I'm gonna die.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I was when I was when I came up with this question, I was thinking, you know, about the possibilities and I thought, Well, would I want my dogs to talk? And I went.
3: Nope.
1: No, no you don't. <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. Oh
2: my. No. God. No, don't need that. Nope. Oh. I get yeah. that from humans. I oh. love the fact that they don't talk, at least not verbally. They,
1: they, yeah, not like we do. That would be. I mean, oh that would gosh, be bad. the last thing I needed. Then we would, like, headwig, like we? we would have headwinds, <laughs> wouldn't
3: we? We would have headwinds yeah. seven times. There. Think about that. Yeah.
2: Oh, I, I would go crazy. Yeah.
1: Me too. For Thank sure. You.
2: Well, if there's a a magic power that you would like to bestow on your pet or your horse, drop us a line at BioStar US, 1 Cleveland Street, Gordonsville, Virginia, 22942.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio
2: Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio
1: Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests.
2: As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great
1: shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. This
4: is Sophia Aguina. I'm Casey Wilbanks-Coletti.
0: And I'm Mike Donnell. We're here to tell you about OESA, the Western and English Sales Association, and its podcast, Wisdom by OESA.
4: Wesa produces the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives in the equestrian industry. On our show, we talk to people who tell the stories of some of the best known Western and Equestrian brands. Visit wisdombywesa.com and tune in today.
2: Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon.